All right, it's August the 17th, 2023. Um, acknowledge our, our guests, Chris, and, and your Bill, and your Charlotte. Charlotte. Thank Scarlet. you all. Scarlet, I'm sorry. Scarlet, like on Gone with the Wind. Okay. See, now I can remember that. Um, and the rest of the usual suspects are enjoying it. Honored to have Earl well, with us. Hey. Hello. Hey, we were just talking Jesus. about y'all. You, you got time to stay? We're not going to stay. We just wanted to come well, and say hello. This is everybody. Lisa. She's the wife of the fellow we were just talking about. She's I was right talking there. about how Alan hey, analyzed Alan. this room. Uh, he is. <laughs> just talk oh, there he is. <laughs> I was just talking about how when you gave us the green light on this room that it would hold us. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. So many years ago. Alan's a structural engineer. How is everybody? Good. Good. Above ground. We are. It means a lot. Well. Are you James? Yeah. Good to see you. Good to see y'all. How are you all? We have been to Charlotte to drop the kids off at the airport. So they were flying up to see Hannah. They're going to be staying with her for about four nights. And then they're flying on to Arizona. So they're all excited. So we've been on the All three of them are flying to Arizona? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And then they'll be flying back to Charlotte. You got empty nesters here now. That's right. Temporarily, anyway. Well, that's on the prayer list here. Well, I already have uh, your family and, and, and also, you know, Sarah and Jane, you know, Christian said to add. We appreciate that. I've got to let your kids grow up, but it's hard to sometimes. I don't know what I'm going to do before it leaves to pine away, I'm sure. But, uh, he may not go far from home. Well, I hope he doesn't. He won't. Is he working tonight? Yeah, he is. He's at the log house. Well, we just wanted to say Thank you. It's an honor to have you swing by. Good to see you so we're, not gonna, we're not going to interrupt your study, but please do remember Sam and Sarah and Hannah we as will. they're running around New York City and well, Hannah yeah. and Sarah going to a Dr. Who convention. <laughs> <laughs> What's Sam going to set it out? <laughs> so they love to dress up. How are you doing? Great to see you Good all. To see you all. Enjoy some time together. Go out to a nice dinner. Right. Yeah, I'm going to Good to see you, girl. You too. Y'all take care. Thanks for letting us know. No, anytime, please. Yes. <laughs> so our friend from Miami, Marcos, uh, he's wanting to see salvation for his son. And for Lisa's prayers, we'll mention Sarah and and Sam and, and, and Hannah, of course, and her friend Jane that needs a, a healing touch. My friend and Blend, Jerry Scott, for blessings of wellness. Uh, Janice and Gail, uh, prayer team members, uh, they read this list and pray with us. Osman for his church in Gambia, that they would sustain and God would provide. Vassy and Linda, John and Ruby. Uh, Bill Crabtree, he, he was my FFA teacher in school. He got hurt, the car rolled, car rolled and the door was open and, and dragged him, but he's doing better, right? Yeah. That's, praise the Lord for that. Our children, our grandchildren, should pray for all of our pastors to be bold in the truth um, and pray for the ones that are teaching lies to get a job flipping burgers somewhere. 
not that there's anything wrong with flipping burgers. There's people that use that and say, oh, you don't get your education enough flipping burgers. That's a little bit elitist because they would, they'll go to McDonald's and expect somebody to be there to flip their burger. But, uh, Marta and Charles, uh, they were nearby but couldn't get a chance to swing through. Um, the man, young man, Sebron, uh, Mrs. Uh, Leonard Davis, uh, loss of her husband. Uh, he was our resident pastor here for some time. Bob, uh, Jane Bird. What does that say? Lonely? Loneliness. Loneliness. It's a request. She lost her husband, so. Oh. There's an epidemic of loneliness, though, now. I mean, we tend to put our elder loved ones in nursing homes um, in America. And it's kind of uniquely almost a Caucasian thing. Fewer black folks do it to their elders. You will not probably ever see an Asian Indian person in a nursing home. They take care of them. They figure out a way to do it. The family comes together. Uh, or, um, you know, Asians in general, they, they look after their loved ones. And we could learn some things from them. <coughs> Latinos, too. They don't usually put their elders in away. And there's a lot that we could be learning. Turbo, it's enough tap dancing, buddy. Um, unsaved family members. Pray for the folks in Europe. Pray for the folks in Maui. There's some strange stuff that's going on about Maui. We might talk a little about that. Dorothy, is that Warren? Yes. Dorothy Warren. May the Lord bless and see to the needs. Richard and his, uh, Jessica, right? Brittany, unspoken. Eric, Rex, Ted, John, persecuted Christians in Nigeria. All veterans and children. Ray's lost loved ones. Barbara Briggs. And, and Bill. Yeah. Well, and I remember Forrest and I went over at your mom's one day and don't even know why we did. It was funny, we were just over in Bland and thought, let's go down on the creek. And we got there and she was down. She was on the floor. Oh, do you remember this? And uh, she said, I was just praying and praying and praying that somebody would come. And I said, well, we, we definitely got diverted. We weren't planning on coming. But we got there, got her back up after, uh, I think she sat in a wheelchair. And she said, I was reading my Bible earlier this morning. It's talked about Enoch and said, Enoch walked with God. And she said, that's what I told God I wanted to do was walk with you. And she said, but I didn't. I fell down with him, though. <laughs> but it was a memorable time, um, that just the act of God, yeah. you know. And you, you, you know, when he 
when he does act, we are beholden to give him glory. And, and you know, a lot of people come ask for prayer about something, and you pray for them. And then you say, you know what, the Lord delivers you. Yep, yep, I got another appointment next week, and I'm going to go get this checked out again. I said, how you feel now? Good, I'm, I'm great. And I said, if you're great and you believe God did it, you know, why, why, why get a second opinion? That's my opinion, you know, but I, I mean, we always give Him the glory. That bad storm system, and maybe I mentioned this last week, but there's some, some of you here that weren't here um, last week, and it was, they had set off alarms, there was tornadoes spotted west of us, they gave a tornado warning, and we were just watching the skies, and I got the radar out in this huge red blob about a good day, about a third the size of West County, it's covering a good third of the county, coming straight for Westfield right in the middle of town. We were just coming straight. We were hitting right in the middle of that. And we were getting ready to go downstairs. Of course, Ray, I called you. And, um, everybody we could think to call. And I was sitting on the front porch. I just wanted to see what it might look like as it came because I just duck inside and get down, down the basement as quick as I could probably fall. But... Uh, I kept listening to the sky and it, it almost sounded already like a tornado. It was like a rolling thunder and some of you all I'm sure heard this. It was just this gurgling and groaning. And we could hear it inside at work. Yeah, it was something. And here's this red thing. And it's coming closer and I said, Lord, um, I know that you speak in the thunder. You speak in the storm." And you rumble the, the sky, and you bring the lightning. You know he's riding on those lightning-filled clouds. You see, and I said that's awesome. It's just amazing to hear this, to be out here. But I'm a little concerned for us. And I did this, and the Lord's my witness. And I put my hands up like this, and I said, Lord. Is it wrong for me to ask you to spare us? And I can't be the only person that was praying, so I'm sure many were. I put my hands down, and I waited, and it got closer. And I got my radar app out on my phone, pressed it, and it got right to the outskirts of Withville, and it came apart. It went Part of it went north, part of it went south, and we... It wouldn't have even blown our hats off if we wouldn't wear them. It, it passed us over. And he did that. He did that because people asked. I'm sure I wasn't the only one. And, you know, I don't know if he directs those storms toward communities that don't pray. I don't know. But I just know he delivered us from that. And I have to believe that. And I do believe it. But let's join hands and uh, we will uh, we'll pray. Lord, thanking you for being the God of all creation. And, and you wrote that Elijah was a man like any other and that he prayed and it didn't rain. And then he prayed and it did for a period of three years. And, uh, 
I'm of little faith, I think, sometimes, God, but I thank you for giving us your favor in times when we need it most. And all we have to do is ask. We praise you, Lord, and these prayer requests, you've heard them and you saw them before the paper was filled out. We just lift all these up to you and ask you to be with us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Revelation 12. I'm just going to grab a verse here and there. I'm run out of steam. If y'all try to fill in and pick it up and take it. And it's this verse 9. Revelation 12 and verse 9 says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. He deceiveth the whole world. And we're all susceptible to it sometimes. We've all been lied to by the devil. And we believed it. Because we didn't have any reason not to believe certain things that were being told to us. But now we're realizing that as believers, we're living in an age where we are being lied to by the mainstream media and it seems like there's no source anywhere that you can fully count on. So we come back to this Word and, and we hide ourselves in Christ and in this Word and then we don't, we don't fear. I saw somebody shared with me, it was on Gateway Pundit and it said, look at these pictures of the horrible conditions of the January 6th uh, insurrection prisoners and the solitary confinement and nothing to eat and uh, no bed to sleep on just a cold tile floor showed, showed a fellow and in my spirit I thought yeah this isn't really going on what you all want to do is to strike fear into anybody that would ever stand up to the corruption and the lies that our own American government has has been perpetrating with Satan at the helm. Temporarily, of course, and only by God's allowance, but I know that one of those fellows that wore the Viking hat, helmet with the horns, they, they claim they've got him locked up for four years. But he was working with them like a year or two earlier in Arizona at one of those, uh, may have been Black Lives Rally or Antifa protests. Very clearly him, the very distinctly tattooed. He's, a, he's one of their agent provocateurs and he's not locked up. But they're going to lie to you because they want you to believe that because they don't want you to question them or challenge them. Ultimately, Satan doesn't want to be questioned or challenged. And we're getting, let's see, you know, Second Corinthians thirteen. We're getting um, a steady diet of lies, and there's so many people I know. Let's see, Second Corinthians eleven, I should say, Second Corinthians eleven. Um, 
so many people I know say, you know, I don't look at the news anymore. And I'm a whole lot happier for it. I just don't even look. Verse 13 of 2 Corinthians 11. For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. And modern Christendom is full of these guys. They're teaching the, the doctrines of devils, First uh, Timothy 4. Um, But you know, how do you know what's true? And we've talked about how when somebody's being trained uh, as a clerk at a bank, they don't show them all the counterfeit bills that they might encounter, examples of them. They say, study the real thing. Study a real $20 bill. And get used to maybe the variations over the years. But you know what the real one looks like. Then, when something fraudulent comes along, you're a whole lot faster at picking that up. Well, 1 Timothy 4, verse 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Verse 2, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. <clears throat> doctrines of devils. These uh, divisions, also known as denominations, if they're following another book in addition to the Bible, they've got their Book of Mormon or they've got their Ellen White Seventh-day Adventist Great Controversy, then you know you're dealing with doctrines of devils you know uh, early in Galatians you find a good warning against uh, that latter day saint church and some of these folks are very nice that's what we talk about <coughs> yeah yeah well he says but though in verse 8 but though we are an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. This, this angel Moroni, they called him, come down with the golden plates and um, it transcribed the uh, Book of Mormon and then mysteriously the golden plates disappeared. Do you believe it was an angel? I think it may have been a fallen angel. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and this almost seems like a warning against that very doctrine. So we had these two young men with us, um, Tom and, and Bryce, very nice young men. 
and there, there, I saw them again. Or it was earlier. I think it was earlier today. You know, and I talked to them as politely as I could, and they were familiar with that passage in Galatians. I'm sure it had been whooped out on them in the past. And um, but Bryce, he said, well, "I want to just read you something beautiful." And I said, "Okay." I was not going to be rude, and he opened up his Book of Mormon. And as the Lord is my witness, and you all want to look this up, what I'm telling you is the truth. He said, this is in the Book of Mormon, and it's a letter that a father wrote to his beloved son. And he wrote, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. And I sat here and listened to the whole thing. I sat here and listened to a plagiarized 1 Corinthians 13. And that's not the only place in that Book of Mormon where... Smith ran out of something to say and just thought, oh, just copy the Bible. King James Engines too. Yeah. So, and I, I told him, I said, Bryce, you just basically, well, perhaps a word or two different, verbatim quoted 1 Corinthians 13, and his eyes got big, and Tom looked at him and said, yeah, that is true. Tom already knew. So Tom's probably thinking, you know, and I told him, I said, you know, why would God give us this word for all the for the you know millennia, and then wait until the late eighteen hundreds. So you know what I meant to. I forgot to tell you guys. Let me send a prophet straight some of this out. So what about everybody that lived before them? A Jehovah Witness took great concern when I pointed that out once. You know, I says you know Charles Taze Russell, the Jehovah Witness guy. You know, uh, same time period. The late eighteen hundreds is is just a a bad period of this stuff emerging. The Seventh Day Adventist comes out then. Uh, the Millerites, they were called uh, Deception. Ellen White. Ellen White. You know, the great controversy, they're vegetarians. And Ellen White told them they needed to be. In terms of science, Yeah, Scientology. Oh, the Christian science, scientists or whatever. Um, but see, when you when you see something being taught, like okay, if you want to be a vegetarian, that's fine. You know, it did well for Daniel. He he didn't uh, take of the king's meats. He ate vegetables and, and and he flourished. But that was because of his faith. And if you want to eat vegetables, do that. But if you start teaching that you eat meat and you're going to hell, you don't come to church on Saturday and you're going to hell. And they will, but they do believe that. You, sometimes they don't want to bring it right out. But you see them come around. They have these doctrines and they they won't straight up tell you, hey, I'm with the Jehovah Witnesses or hey, I'm Latter-day Saint or hey, I'm... Well, you know, the Latter-day Saints are pretty easy to spot. They're you know, a little badge on and It's like an 18-year-old young and he's got elder on his... That's <laughs> what... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, oh, yeah, elder so-and-so. They are dedicated. They are dedicated, but see, they believe it's works. They believe if you don't do the works, then you get no, you don't get your own little ant farm one day where you get to be your own God. That is, in a nutshell, Mormon doctrine. And, uh, but they don't, they, you know, like Seventh day Adventists, you know, and, and I took them to Romans uh, 14. Uh, this is just a young lady, uh, and, you know, they were, I guess, canvassing the, uh, 
the whole block here. And I said, you guys don't eat meat. And she said, well, that's, that, that's our belief. I said, you, you, you're vegetarian? She said, that's the way, that's the, way the teachings are. And that's the teachings from our prophet. I said, uh, let's look at Romans 14. Verse 1, Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. So let's say if you're weak in the faith, you're eating only vegetables. She gets the radio out and goes, ah, Brother, could you... Uh, Come down here to Tennessee, <laughs> you know. And then, it, so she called in. What well, they call it on that show, a lifeline. And they didn't stay after he got here. Um, she said she was collecting money to be able to go to her college. I said, "You're going to an Ellen White college." Well, I'm going to seminary. And it's Ellen White college. But she, yeah, she was such a, a nice young lady. I said, "Here's twenty dollars. This is for you to spend on." something that you want to do and this is not for Ellen White School just blow it in any way you like you know because she had been patient with me she wasn't rude but uh, you know you want to leave them something to think about you know uh, Jesus talked about in Matthew 15 how they these uh, doctrines of men and um, some are doctrines of devils some are just doctrines of men. And it's usually these sayings, like, you know, some of the um, Jewish people in that Talmud and stuff. I mean, they got all the, can't put two socks on and then one shoe and then the other shoe. You can't do that. You have to put the sock on that foot and the shoe on that foot and then go the other one. I mean, you know, God must just be doing a face palm when he sees this stuff. You know? Um, as I heard a minister say one time, uh, the Lord probably entertains himself with these doctrines of men, things people come up with. But no, he's concerned for the souls of us all. And, and I think it pains him that, you know, what we see here with Jesus saying, he's talking to these <clears throat> Pharisees. But in vain, they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Verse 8 said, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. That could describe a lot of people in the church today. Um, I, I would say if you're sitting in a regular assembly and start glancing at your watch, hoping you can beat everybody to Shoney's, you know, it's 10 to 12, maybe that's an indicator that. You're uh, not really worshiping God in spirit and in truth. You're not there for that. It's more like J. Vernon McGee said, a, a knife and fork club. I'm going to say one or two things about this Maui situation, and um, I'm going to turn it over to whomever. Um, I'm not quick to get on this conspiracy bandwagons. I've heard from a few different people. They got a 12-mile barrier keeping journalists away from that strike area. But some of the pictures that have gotten out, very, very strange. Certain things completely destroyed, 
cars burned all the way to the ground. You guys have seen the pictures, right? Yeah. yeah. But you don't see where there's a house that is still standing and it didn't even get touched. Did you, any of you see this? Yeah, it, it's strange. What, what what happened there? You know, um, this uh, Marine, a retired Marine, a uh, high-positioned one too, he said, I've, I've seen the, this uh, satellite views of destruction there and he said it followed the road. It, 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 you know, now since when does wind and fire say, oh, let's just take the main drag here? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. So there's some things not adding up. Then combine that with the fact that about a year ago, Maui was the number one place where they wanted to do the 15-minute city experiment. And they want you to be living within 15 minutes of anything you could need because you'll, you'll have a lower carbon footprint. You won't, you know, get on an airplane and fly anywhere and, uh, because well, that's putting too much um, car- carbon monoxide out there, I guess. Or they say carbon, CO2 is carbon dioxide. But so that was the thing. Um, it was uh, going to be set up as a 15-minute city. The documentation's out there. And then this happens. Coincidence? I had never heard of such a thing as a fire like that. Maybe there had been. I'd never heard of it. Had any of you all ever heard of a, a, a fire like a blast furnace? Um, it's happening in California. Tree, trees, trees between houses. Yes. Trees between blocks. The trees aren't burned. All the houses aren't burned. Are burned up. Didn't touch the trees. Cars on the road. The, the aluminum blocks are melted down. And the rims are melted down, running down the road. That's happening. So does that seem natural? I've seen pictures. No, it's not it doesn't. It's, it's an energy weapon too. Oh, and they direct call it direct energy, energy weapon. Now I was going to ask if y'all haven't seen the picture yet. Maybe you find it. The town. They were talking about the dude, direct energy weapon, and mainly because if you look at this one picture, it's a circle, just a complete circle of fire going outward. And I mean, it stays in a perfect circle. Very and strange. It, and they, and they've, got that, they've got that picture. I mean, well, one reporter got in and he interviewed some of the people that survived, and he got out the story. But anyway, they, the residents said they were doing fine until they cut the water off. Yeah, they cut the water off. Their water was cut off. Now what water they're hauling in is a 500 gallon tank, so they had to have something to drink or whatever. It's contaminated. People are getting sick. No goodness. Right yeah. the water. I no heard fire, that. No fire department responded. True. Emergency services wasn't on the island. Very strange. Out on and they, they, they refused, uh, they refused right. aid. They refused, um, you know, food packages and, and help. So uh, what has that got to do with the Word of God and our Christian walk? To me, it draws me closer to God and to His Word because I think that we're this close to the church being taken. I really think that the Lord will come for those who are His as these things get worse. 
And, you know, we are warned in Scripture that things would get pretty bad. But we do know this, though. When Christ comes for the church, He said it'd be like the days of Noah. Men would be drinking, eating and drinking and marrying, giving in marriage and buying and selling. Same as with Lot and the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. It happened at a time when business as usual, eating, drinking, marrying, giving to marriage. So people say, oh, it's going to, it's going to get horrible before um, the Lord comes to get us. Well, it might not be <clears throat> perfect, but it's not going to be as bad as it's going to get after He releases His wrath. I've, I've heard people say, well, who are you to think that you deserve to escape God's destruction and things that are coming? Look through the years and the world wars and the famines and the genocides. Look at all those people and what they endured. And, and the answer to that is, yes, and those things were being done by men. That was not the wrath of God and His Lamb as we read it. As bad as all those things were, when that day comes, and the wrath of God and His Lamb are, it, it, it is meted out globally. It's going to make all the world wars and all the genocides that ever happen look like you stubbed your toe. It's really, really, really bad. I mean, read Revelation and what it says. And people say, well, I don't, I don't like reading Revelation. You know, one pastor mentioned, they said, you know, somebody told me, I didn't like reading Revelation. It's just too hard to understand. And he said, I asked him, I said, it's not hard to understand. It's just hard to believe for you. It's not hard to understand. Just read it and believe it. Where have you all been teaching, Earl? Well, we just, in Sunday school, we were teaching Daniel. Mm-hmm. At home, at the house, we just started in Galatians. We just got finished up with Revelation. Interesting. Well, we're, many of us, I'm sure, are going to see a lot of the leading up to him taking us. I, I, uh, I think even perhaps all of us in this room it's close enough and that close. I don't know that. I'm not picking a day. But, uh, well, what the one guy said that the dream that he had, what the Lord told him, he said, when you see the red heaven, then next is the rapture. So if they take to the red, red heifer in about March, February, March, or whatever, watch out for Pentecost. My view on the rapture, you know this. Yeah, I know what you think, but... <laughs> Alright. I know. The, uh, <clears throat> the, the feast in Leviticus. All, all of them had to do, seemingly now, all of it had to do with Christ and the church. They have the Passover. You, you slaughter the perfect lamb and you use the blood to, to avoid the death angel. Passover and uh, you know they had to bring a lamb that was perfect and without blemish and then the priest had to declare that that lamb was without fault before it could be used in the Passover and interestingly when Jesus fulfilled that you find Pontius Pilate making that declaration I find no fault in this man then you have the uh, feast of the unleavened bread and then the first fruits Unleavened bread, the Jews, everything they do, and you've talked about the parallels and the shadow pictures, 
um, or the everything they do is is like almost like charades. Like why are we sweeping the cabinet dry of any yeast? We're getting all of the leaven out. We're taking a feather and making sure there's none left in the corners. Removal of sin. Leaven is a picture of sin. This happens after the Passover. And then you've got the first fruits. I think Jesus, it was he said to Mary, don't touch me. I haven't gone to the Father yet. He had been resurrected, but he had to go be that first fruits to present himself to God the Father. And that was fulfilled by Christ. First fruits. Fifty days later, Pentecost, the church comes about. And interestingly, that's the first of those feasts where God said, put leaven in the bread. Well, why put leaven in that feast? Why put leaven in Pentecost? Because um, it's the church. It's us. We, we're, we're not without sin. We're not without sin. So that left three feasts that are not yet fulfilled. you got Rosh Hashanah, which is trumpets, and you've got Yom Kippur, which is uh, Day of Atonement. It's a period in between Rosh Hashanah and Tabernacles. And Rosh Hashanah, you know, they sound the trumpet. And I think, and I mean, most teachers believe that that's the rapture. But I'm guessing it might, it might could be like in Matthew 25. At midnight, the cry rang out. These are the ten virgins. Midnight, the cry rang out. The bridegroom cometh. And they got a heads up. They got a warning. They knew. The foolish ones didn't have any oil. And this is, it dawned on them that we're not ready for this. And, and they couldn't get any oil from the, from the wise. So this is speaking of a period where you, you can't share faith or anything else with somebody at this moment. You can't give them of your oil, of your, of, of your faith and your, of the Holy Spirit. But they got a warning and they got to trim their lamps. And they got to tell the others, you're going to have to go find somebody that sells this oil. But while they were gone, they were led into the supper. And the bridegroom came. But there was a time lapse. Um, so if the cry goes out, maybe on Rosh Hashanah, and they're, they're trimming their lamps. They're getting ready. You know, the Jewish wedding, uh, he didn't tell his bride when he would come. After he had finished preparing a place where he was going to take her, then, in the middle of the night, on an unannounced time, they come with great fanfare, blowing the shofar. We're on our way. They're banging pots and pan- and um, and she's got to get up. Oh, I got to get ready. I've got to get ready. This is it. So there's that chance. There's that interim that I, I notice. And and what do you do after you repent, repent, repent? Sackcloth and ashes is what they're doing. Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement. And on the full moon. My master's gone on a long journey. He won't come back until the time appointed. Appointed time, it says. And the Hebrew is Kesa, full moon. He'll come back on the full moon. And that's it. You see that, actually. In the NIV, he calls it full moon. And that is the Hebrew, full moon. And he takes... They, they, in tabernacles, they build little booths or little rooms. And they stay in them for seven days. It's a picture of a period of, of a seven there. There's a seven. they they got to go in these little rooms with Isaiah... 26, hide yourselves, my children, in your little rooms, because I'm coming to judge the earth. You hide yourself until the indignation be passed over. And 
I think that's us in a, in the in the wedding chamber, wedding banquet for those seven years. And I think he, that's just my opinion. I'm sure it was Ray, and I, I'm not going to die on that hill. <laughs> but uh, to me, it, I think the spring feasts all lined up. Christ in the church. What about these fall feasts? You know, the the fall feasts. Uh, I think that the rapture happens at a time um, in the fall. Um, Micah 7, he says, Woe is me, for I am as when they have gathered the summer fruits as the great gleanings of the vintage. There is no cluster to eat. My soul desired the first ripe fruit. The good man is perished. Now that Hebrew word also is vanished out of the earth. Some translations say the good man is vanished out of the earth. The righteous is vanished out of the earth at the time when the grape harvest happens. That puts us in the fall of the year. And there's none upright among men. They all lie and wait for blood. They hunt every man, his brother, with a net. It's just dots that I connect, but I don't, you know, I don't do anything other than say that's my opinion. You think Pentecost. Explain why. Explain why you think it's Pentecost. The the first three feasts are for the Jewish people. The last three feasts are for the Jewish people. The church is Gentile with leaven. We have sin in it. So you look at Pentecost it has to be I don't know, it's just well, it's possible. I don't know how to explain it, but it has to be Pentecost. Can I answer yeah. that just a little? Yeah. And I think you may be right. I said maybe. Now, the first three feasts we, now we know the first three feasts have been fulfilled to the very day. To the very day. Passover unleavened bread and first fruits. Jesus fulfilled them at his first coming. There's three feasts left in the last month. Tishri, that's September to us. There's one in the middle. There's 50 days and then more time space. Now, we go back to Enoch. And we was talking a while ago about who are the two witnesses. We don't know for sure. A lot of people believe it's Enoch and Elijah. I believe it's Enoch and Moses. I don't think that's true. Uh, why is it an Enoch? What is Enoch a type of? He's Enoch of the he's top of the church. In in the coming future, in the tribulation, a three groups of people. The people that perish in the tribulation, the people that survive are cared for through the tribulation, one hundred forty four thousand, and the group that's taken out before the tribulation, which is the church. Now, back in those days, in Enoch's days, they three groups of people. What is a flood type of? They, the ones that perished, the lost people that perished in the flood, right? Who was saved during the flood? Noah and his eight people, which is type, I believe, of 144,000. Who is removed before the flood? The church, i.e. Enoch. Enoch is a type of the church. Now, there's a traditional rabbi, rabbinical traditional teaching the Enoch was born on the 6th of Sabbath. That's when Pentecost was. Now, there's another teaching that 
cannot be, that's confirmed. There's another teaching that cannot be confirmed. And don't, don't say this is the gospel, because they can't confirm it, that he was raptured on his birthday. See, he was born on the Pentecost birthday, on the church's birthday, yeah. and they say that he was raptured to, on his birthday. Yeah. Does that mean Pentecost is complete or only half complete? So he's agreeing with you on Pentecost. I think it's possible. Yeah. I think it's quite possible. You can make that case because you believe that Pentecost is not quite fulfilled. I think it's only half fulfilled. I think the church is born to fulfill the first half. I think when the rapture happens, it's going to complete Pentecost. Because like you said, it's leaven. That could certainly be right, but couldn't we all hope that this September... I'm oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Now, how many other major events? Now, Christ fulfilled the first three. And we're going to say the first four. Talking about Pentecost. There's only three major events left. Now, there's more. But the rapture, the second coming, and the millennium. They're going to be fulfilled on the very day of it was back in those days. The last three is in September. Those feasts, yeah. Those feast days is in September. Trumpets, Day of Atonement, mm-hmm. or Yom Kippur, and then Tabernacles. I just make something of the Tabernacles being seven. You stay in this room seven. Um, and what does that mean? Um, you see what I'm saying, I guess. I do. I see what you're saying. Um, Churches today can't even get pre-mid and post-trib rapture right. Do what? Most of the churches today can't even get the pre-trib. Well, I agree with that. Yeah, Yeah, it's not a rapture unless it's pre-trib. You know, uh, and again, and Adrian Rogers pointed this out years ago. He was a good teacher. Absolutely. Yeah. He he said, look, he said, it's business as usual when this one is taken and one is left. Jesus said, there'll be two grinding the wheel, two in the bed. You heard that? They were talking about people eating and drinking and marrying and giving to marriage and he said the rapture is going to happen when people don't expect it to because everything's kind of going along I mean there's always been trouble in the world the only difference here today is we're more able to see it due to global technology satellites live news feeds Uh, there's always been trouble Jesus said there would be but then as we get closer to the, those days, it, it, it does, I think, ramp up some. Mm-hmm. I mean, who, I don't know what may have been going on in Noah's time right before, but all, as far as all of those hybrids, those Nephilim and, and the corrupt humans, uh, they, uh, they thought everything was fine. They were mocking Noah. You know? Oh, right. Ha ha. Yeah, what is this thing you're building? This is a joke. And they found out otherwise. And they were pounding on the door, they said. The tradition says they want an end. Just like the foolish virgins came back and wanted Jesus to open the door to the wedding for them. They said, I don't know you. Well, you know the days of Noah cannot be the second coming. You study the bold judgments and see what kind of a mess it's going to be in the end. Life can't be as normal no, at that point in time. That's right. The, the, the bold judgments, the vials, they're, they're bad. You know, uh, now they may not last long, but they're still bad. Yeah, we, we've got about 8 billion people on the planet, so the first scourge gets 
one quarter, two mm -hmm. billion. And then the second scourge gets a third, which is another two billion. So we're losing about four billion people during these judgments. Um, but this again, we're not, we're only if we see it with, from heaven will we see it. We're not going to be here. We're going to be watching the mezzanine, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. And, you know, the people who really believe they're going, study and look into it and what's it going to be like, Lord? What, you know, what's it going to be like? You was here when we talked. I think it was here. He's always here. <laughs> on what the Scripture proves, you can prove by the Scripture, that the pre post trib rapture is not cannot happen. Go over that again because that was the thing that our shooting school client really marveled about, and I think some people that are here tonight didn't hear it then. Turn to Matthew twenty five. Matthew twenty five. Now, what we're going to do here is get it in context, then go back and put the post trib rapture there, and see how it works. It don't work. Uh, Matthew twenty five. And verse 31. If I can find it, I think they're taking it out. Uh, Twenty-five verse thirty-one. When the Son of Man comes in his glory. Now what time period is this? Let's get it in context. The Son of Man shall come in His glory. That's going to be the second coming. Second coming. Back after the Armageddon. Mm -hmm. And He's going to come back to earth. And it's not the rapture. Right. But the second coming. And all the holy angels with Him. Then He is set up on the throne of His glory. In other words, as Jesus ever said on His throne. No. Not yet. Not yet. Now who's on whose throne right now? God the Father, right? Amen. Jesus is seated at the right hand, right? Okay. And before him shall be gathered all nations. Now, nations is translated three ways. It's heathen, graves, or the main translation is Gentiles. The Jews are not in view here. They're in view in Ezekiel chapter 20. Sometimes you want to separate the two. But this, now this is a judgment of the people that survived the tribulation in their physical bodies. They are on the, the tribulation is over and they're standing before the throne of God that He's set up in their physical bodies. Just like we are right now. There's no judgment involved here. Well, there is. I'll take that back. But not like we think of. In verse 32, And He shall separate one from another as the sheep divides as the shepherd divides his sheep from the goats, and he shall say to the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left hand, he, then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for the world from the foundation of the earth. Now, inherit means enter into. Mm -hmm. Enter into the physical millennial kingdom. Now, why does, why is this all possible right here? What What's going on right here? Why does he not just judge them and, and take them into glorified body and take them on to heaven? Because they survived the tribulation. And there, yeah. There's no judgment right here in that context. Now, you can read on in the, sheep, in the goats. What does he do to them? 
cast him into hell, right? In verse 41. Then he shall say on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed of everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. In other words, the the ghosts, that's the lost people that survived the tribulation. They are cast into hell. Now they're judged. The believers are not judged. Why does he do that? Hold your place here. Turn over to Revelation chapter uh, 19 or 20. Chapter 19, let's see. Chapter 20. Uh, let me find this right here. Verse 11, I think. No, that's not the one. Yeah. Is it the white throne in Revelation? 20? Yeah. Yeah. Verse 11. Yeah, it is. Okay, Revelation. verse 11. And I saw a great right throne, and him that sat on it, whose face the earth had fled away, and they were found no place for them. For who? Now, remember what we just got a hold of back in, in Matthew 25. Mm-hmm. The lost was cast into hell. The physical living was entered into the kingdom in their physical right. body. Where does these people come from? That the false prophet and the antichrist deceive and gets and Satan gets to follow them. Where do they come from? This is at the end of the millennial age. Right? This is at the end of the millennial age. They many been birthed during that. Absolutely. Time? Go back to verse seven, just to me, chapter twenty. Then the thousand years are expired. Satan shall be loosened out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations, the Gentiles. Watching the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, together didn't gather the battle, the number of whom is the sound of the sea, and then went up to the breath of the city and, and did this, and God comes down and destroys them. Where did those people, unsaved people in the millennial, come from? Now, the, the ones that entered into the millennial, they were already judged before they got to this point. How were they judged? Works. That they didn't give him food when he was hungry or... Now, it sounds like works. But now you go back to Galatians. Paul says there's one true gospel by faith, right? Salvation. What did James say? I'll show you my faith. Through my words. Through my words. Now, what God was judging here, because they did this to the people. Good point. That proves that they had faith. And they were judged as believers. Good point. They went into the millennial, repopulated it, and, and many of the children that was born to them through the ages were lost people. Many of them wasn't, but many of them were. And that's where they come from, the Satan deceives. Now, at the, at the beginning of the millennium, at the second coming, now in context, you've got two groups of people. The ones that's lost, cast into hell. Now they're gone, right? Now put the rapture here. Put the post-trib rapture here. Now, the believers to enter into the kingdom, if the rapture was here, they would be glorified, right? Yes. You with me? Yeah. Everybody with me? Where does the ones come from to repopulate the millennium? You, you don't have any. They wouldn't. The thing is, no people. Do you see where I'm at? There's nobody to repopulate the kingdom. Because a glorified person, he says, we are like the angels of heaven. We, get mad. we can't reproduce. And they're not appropriating, right? Yeah. 
And then the, 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 the lost ones are destroyed. already in the hell. They're destroyed. Yeah, so there's nobody left. If the post-tribulation rapture is biblical, there's nobody left at the end of this at the second coming to, to enter, repopulate the kingdom. To enter into this age. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, Can I ask a question real quick on the Great White Throne Judgment? What is that laid? Well, that's at the end of the millennium. Now, everybody. Okay, so these are the Sheol. These people here that. No. Now wait a minute. Go ahead and say that again. The people that didn't make the goats that were. The cheap. No, no, the goats. The goats. The ones that went to hell. Sheol, okay, that, yeah, that'll work. Hades, Sheol. Uh huh, that'll work. However, later on, they stand before the judgment seat of God in the great white throne. In the great right throne. Okay, so we're not done with these people yet. No, they're, it, that's it now. Hades, a Sheol, yes. is a holding place. Now, don't, don't right, right. think it's a purgatory or a place to get right. No. It's a place that it's going to be later emptied out. Hell and death and Hades will give up right. the dead and cast in the lake of fire and stand before the great white throne and are judged according to their deeds. How would you like to be judged according to your deeds? What you do? Well, and, and also, <laughs> and also, you got people standing there like murdered millions of people. Oh yeah, and you got people that were fairly good moral people mm-hmm. never got saved. They're going to be judged differently. Absolutely. Do you think there's degrees of rewards in heavens like there are degrees of torment? Absolutely. It seems to be. Absolutely. The crowns and now, if you study the judgment seat of Christ, let me ask you all of you this question, and I'm probably going to confuse all of you except Jerry, because he's already confused. <laughs> he's been with me long enough to be confused. In your in your viewpoint, what is outer darkness? Outer what? Darkness. Oh, outer darkness. I have looked absence. into the weeping and gnashing and t- go ahead. Absence from God. You're away absence. from him. You're, you're halfway halfway to hell, maybe? That's the punishment. What do you think? Separation from the Almighty. I don't think so. Can I prove it by the Bible? And you read this. Go to, to uh, Matthew. We're already in Matthew chapter 8. Now the context is this. The centurion had a servant that was sick. Died. And he asked the Lord to heal him. And the Lord said, I'll come to your house and I will heal him. He said, no, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. You say the word and he'll be healed. And God said, pick it up at verse 10. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Keep going. Mm-hmm. And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, the kingdom of heaven is translated the kingdom from heaven on earth. Okay? Yes. Okay. okay. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, in context, we talk about believing Jews that will come into the millennium and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob probably in the temple. But the believing Jews is going to be cast out in our darkness. Now go over to chapter 13, verse 38. Is it looking like outer darkness is the tribulation? No. Verse now I will be dogmatic about this. I'm not dogmatic about a lot of things. 38, Matthew 13? Yeah. Now go slow. Okay. Now remember, these people were cast into outer darkness, right? Read it right slowly. This is a seed sower. Uh-huh. 
and he says, the field, these, these seeds are, the field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. Who's the good seed? Children of the kingdom. Who was cast into out of darkness in chapter 8? Um, children of the kingdom? Yes. Okay. Uh, the tares are the children of the wicked one. Okay. Now you got two groups there. The, the good people, the saved people, the children of the kingdom. And you got the lost people, the tares, right? Children of the world uh -huh. or the wicked one. So the, who's cast into out of darkness in chapter 8? Now hold your place there. Yeah, I'm going to. Uh, huh? Uh, okay. The children of the king. Yeah. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness. This is Matthew 8 and verse 12. Mm -hmm. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. Now who, who are the good seed? Um, the good oh, in, in the parables. Mm -hmm. um, he that soweth good seed is the son of man. That's verse 37. Mm -hmm. The field is the world and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. Okay, now you, you see what's going on. The children of the kingdom was cast into outer darkness. But the children of the kingdom are the good seed, are the safe people, right? Yeah. Huh? Okay. Now, let me give you the definition out of darkness. Now, it's used four times in the Gospels. Only four times. It never means hell. Now, weeping the nation of teeth is used seven times in the Gospel. When it's used without a uh, out of darkness, that doesn't mean hell. It's used three times by itself, and it does mean hell. The context has to determine. The Greek word for anadokis is sokos exotaros, and it means a place farthest away from the main source of light. Now, if who's the main source of light in the millennium? The Lord. Okay, now, if you are lost to all your rewards at the judgment of Peter Christ, but you're still saved, you don't have any rewards, you're down here, the farthest away from the main source of light. You're not right in the... In, in fellowship with him complete. You're saved, but you've lost all your ruling and reigning power with him. I put it that way. Yes. Yes. So that's outer darkness. That's outer darkness. Separated from him. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. Now, Charles Stanley says it's outside of a burning house. He, he uses that illustration. Now, there's a lot of people believe the same way. Charles Stanley, uh, Erwin Lutzer, Chuck Missler, uh, a lot of other people will say the same thing. But out of darkness, do you see why it's not hell? If you toggle between those two chapters and understandings, you can see that. And especially in, in view of 2 Corinthians 5, the Bema Seat judgment where believers are judged. Mm -hmm. 1 Corinthians 3, some are saved yet as by fire, right? That guy that's. And also in Peter. That guy that's saved, his reward's going to be burned up, right? Right. Why are they going to be burned up? Because he built his foundation. Now, the original foundation is Jesus Christ. No, yeah. But he built that on wood, hay, and stubble. What happens to wood, hay, and stubble? Burns up. It burns up. That's, that's right. rewards. That's representative rewards. Well, when they're burned up, he's saved. But what does he have left? Smoking <laughs> cocktails. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he said if you've been faithful to a few things, I'll put you in charge. Now, that's reward. I figured it like this. I'm a floor man on earth. I probably, if I'm lucky, I get to be one in heaven. <laughs> well, you know, I'm lucky. most of us, now I'm not going to say all of us. Now, i got a lady to go to my Bible, so Jessica. She said, I don't want to study that judgment seat of Christ. I said, I'm going to lose all my rewards. I said, no, you're not. 
Don't worry about that. Most people that come to Bible study and want to teach a little bit, we got, we're going to have some rewards. The only way you're going to be with no rewards is you're, you're, you're saved, but you're out here in the world and never come back. You're saved yet as by fire. It, it's, it's, you know, in, in you, see, you, you see that? And you ever heard of it? You've heard that before? Okay. Do you agree with me or disagree? Now, don't be afraid to disagree. I agree. Okay. Yeah, uh, it, when he's talking about uh, the, the Jews uh, being cut off the, at the Axis Lady, mm-hmm. and he says, if they, the chosen people of God, can be taken out, we, who are the church, do you think it's uh, any small thing for us to be cut off? You know, as we read through the letters, the Gospels, Paul's letters, the only way I can reconcile some of the verses I see in view of salvation, security of our salvation, is that the Holy Spirit was certainly aware that as with every congregation, you got some people in there, they're standing there looking at the outer court and they put one toe in the water. They're not converted yet. They're not born again yet. And, and, you know, people can come close. Like, what was the uh, uh, fellow that said, you almost persuaded me, Paul? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was almost. And, and I think he didn't some, do it, though, did he? That's right, he didn't do it. So I think some people, you know, with the Holy Spirit being aware, some of you aren't converted yet. Jesus said, you must be born again. And, um, and after I started professing to be a believer, I wasn't yet born again. I didn't know it. Because until it happens, you can't tell the difference. It's like, you know, being a, a kid in school. Oh, I'm in love. You know, I'm not going to be able to live another day if I don't get her as my wife, my girlfriend. I just can't do anything to think about her. On and on and on. <laughs> and, you know, fast forward about 30 years, you've been happily married 20-some, and you can't remember that gal's name anymore. <laughs> you know, because you found out what love really was, right? What it really was. So when you're born again, you can point to changes. Um, and but I think that you know when when Paul told him you know you, you could be hacked out you know you're you know it was a warning like you need to be saved to the uttermost or you know if you're not yet born I mean look at Apollos in Acts 19 mighty in the scriptures it said but he didn't understand did apparently because said he only had John's baptism yeah, yeah. you know you're you're Church Christ people think they don't oh, like yeah. this. We talked about that one. Yeah, pre Pentecost understanding. Yeah, the immersion in the water doesn't save you. Of course, they do teach that, but Church Christ does. They got a problem with Acts chapter 10. For they, they they received the Spirit, spoke in tongues, all that. You know, and then somebody said, you know, what's to prevent them from going and being dunked in the water now? That happened before they got immersed. I wanted to be immersed after I knew I was saved, I just felt like I wanted to do that. I just no, but I don't credit that for my salvation. A lot of folks in the congregation are not there yet. Uh, they keep coming back and that's good. And uh, you know, maybe one day, you know, they'll 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 have that. You know, Jesus said I stand at the door and knock. What about this lay of the sea in church? They getting raptured, it doesn't sound like it. And here they enter into the tribulation without having actually been born again. Maybe. That's another discussion I guess we can have. <laughs>
Now, one other study you need to do, if you study all these Jesuits of the nations, is what happened to Israel. Now, when it says nations, it means Gentiles. Where is Israel at this point in time? Have we got just a minute? Yeah, we take all time. Yeah. Let's go to, to Ezekiel chapter 20. Ezekiel 20. 20. Now, this is also at the end of the tribulation. And pick it up at verse uh, 33. 33? Yeah. As I live, says the Lord God, surely with a mighty hand and a stretched out arm and with fury poured out, I will rule over you. Now remember the condition Israel's in right now. They're in unbelief, right? As a nation. As a nation. Now these few individual Jews from time to time will be saved. But once the Jew is saved today, what happens part to of the church. Part of the church. They become part of the church. And when the rapture comes, they're going to go with the rapture. Not the nation. Now he's dealing with the nation right here. Now how would you like to face God with your fury poured out? No. No. And verse 34, And I will bring you out of the people. Now, uh, that's another word for nations. Now remember they were scattered in 70 AD. Yeah. And, and they're going to be brought back during the tribulation. That's what. That's one reason... For the tribulation, and they're being brought back now. But now, but the whole the whole shebangs will be brought brought back during the tribulation. Because there's more Jews in America. Absolutely, Jews, yeah. And I will bring you out for the people where I have gathered you out of the countries where you are scattered, with a mighty hand and your outstretched arm with fear poured out. Tough business. And I will bring you to the wilderness of the people, and that's probably the Sinai where Moses got his instruction. And there I will plead with you face to face. Now, in the other, in the judgment of the nations, these angels brings them together, in, in a sense. He says, I'll judge you face to face here. As I pleaded with fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so I will plead with you, says the Lord. And I will cause you to pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. Now, the bond of the covenant is the Abrahamic covenant. I will give you this land yes. forever. I will purge out from among you the rebels. Now, who's who's that? The unbelieving Jews. People claim to be Jews and they're not, maybe? No, they're unbelieving Jews. Period. I mean, we're going to see in a moment. How many of them are purged out? Two-thirds. Can you prove that? Two-thirds of them? He said two-thirds. I don't know. Go to Ezekiel, not Ezekiel, Zechariah chapter 13, verse 8 and 9. Places that the pages are stuck. Oh, I understand. You know, it's because you've never been yeah. there. <laughs> okay, go ahead and read that to us. 13, 8, and 9. Uh-huh. And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. So Jerry is right. Now, tie that in with Matthew 25, 20, uh, number, chapter 11, verse 26. Matthew 11 and 26. Mm-hmm. Now see, when you come to my Bible study, there's always a third page. <laughs> 26. Mm-hmm. Matthew 11. Is that, is no, it? I said Matthew. I'm sorry, Romans. 
Okay. That's what I'm saying, so all Israel will be saved. Yeah, that's what it says. Now, I've heard preachers preach, don't worry about Israel, God's going to take care of them. What did he just say? Two-thirds of them will be cut off, right? Mm-hmm. And killed. And so all Israel shall be saved as it is written. Now, what is it written? A third of them is going to be saved, right? Then it becomes Israel as that's ruling. Israel. And that's, yeah. And the two-thirds wasn't Israel. Anyway. There was unbelieving Israel. Right. Put it that way. This chapter is, is intriguing as far as I... We just got through teaching that. Not long ago, right, Jerry? It's concerning the gospel, their enemies for your sakes. T- that's verse 28. It's touching the election of the love and the kind of the fathers. Held in blindness. Where did they go in the old days before Christ came? To a place maybe called Abraham's bosom. They were being comforted. And everybody knows what Abraham's bosom means. Alongside Abraham. Or with Abraham. Now, when, when we started chapters 9, 10, and 11, now, the book of Romans is the definitive doctrine of Christianity. Now, if that's the case, say by faith only, if that's a case, then the question came up, then what about Israel? What did they believe? You had to be circumcised, right? To be saved. Acts 15.1. Well, if you say by faith, then what's going to happen to Israel? And Romans 9.10.11. Romans 9 is Israel elected. Romans 10 is Israel rejected. Romans 11 is Israel accepted. These held in blindness right now. Well, are you still in Romans 11? Yeah. Read verse 25. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Two questions there. What's the fullness of the Gentiles? I guess the last Gentiles saved, maybe. That's the reason Satan wants us to be unproductive. Because when that last Gentile is saved, the rapture happens, right? Then Satan, is, time is short. When did the hardness, the blindness begin? Now, I don't want to go there. We'll be here to midnight. <laughs> the blindness began. Um... Go to Luke 19, verse 42. Do what? They missed the time of their visitation. Yep. He held them totally responsible to know the very day that Jesus was visiting himself, King of Israel. That's 173,880th day. Now, what did we get that? To get that, you have a starting point. I'm not going to go there. This is in Daniel, right? Daniel chapter 9. John. 42 of Luke Luke, 19. Saying, if thou hast known even thou, at least in this thy day, thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thy eyes. Now verse 44, why are they hid? And shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou Newest not the time of thy visitation. Okay, that's the reason they were scattered. That's the reason Jerusalem was destroyed. God held them responsible for knowing the very day that he would present himself king of Israel. Amen. They missed it, and they've been scattered for 2,000 years. And they, they are still in blindness until the last Gentile, is, or the last church is saved, person of the church. Sorry to get it. No, get that's good stuff. And we got it recorded for posterity here now, too. <laughs> um, 
if we can all gather and reach hands, I really be an honor to have you close us. Dear Father, we come to you. Thank you so much for loving us and dying for us. Thank you. You went away and prepared a place for us, and you said if I go away and prepare a place, I'll come and receive you unto myself, that where I am you may be also. Dear Lord, we are looking for that time. We believe it's very close, dear Lord, but until then, let us be glorifying you and be pleased to you and be a witness to the lost world, dear Lord. Go with us, watch over us, and care for us. In the holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.